Welcome back to Brain Body Movement, the podcast for those interested in everything nutrition, training, and mindset. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Brock. Today's episode was a Q&A where we answered four questions that got sent to us through social media. Question number one, do you like massage guns? Question number two, what's your opinion on the food pyramid? Question number three, do fat burners work? Question number four, my weight went up a kilo overnight. What am I doing wrong? That was in the back half of the show. And in the front half, we spoke about our nutrition and training. We gave you a few random facts. I clarified a few things I said in previous episodes. And then we ended our talk with some unsolicited advice. All right, enjoy the show. How are you feeling? You feeling better? A little bit better, man. Yeah, a little bit better. It's, uh, I can't believe how long it's been since I've felt better. Like It's over a week now that I have been sick for, like, like on and off. Like some day, like those on Sunday, I think I had like a half an hour workout because I just felt, you know, sometimes like you walk into the gym and then you're like, oh, hell yeah, I've got this. That lasted for about half an hour and then, yeah, sent me on my way again. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's I going on. this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was an okay workout, but I was just like, temperature was up hardcore. I was like, okay, I'm not a hundred percent ready to go into the gym yet. And it's been, yeah, like I said, just over a, a week and a half now. Um, but I haven't had the drive to go yet. So some people, I think they might, when they're sick, they're like, oh, no, no, I'll be right and just go to the gym and then hammer themselves even more and then make it worse on themselves. Um, this time I was like, no, I need to rest. Obviously, my body's telling me that I need to rest. So give it a nice rest. And I might go work out a little bit later today, seeing how I'm feeling. But it just, I don't know, the sleep, like my aura ring's just been like, telling me my sleep at the start is just shocking um i don't know why i guess it's just trying to fight off something um but it's Constantly not like waking um there was a few wake-ups in there but it's just like i don't know it's it's you know it's enough to do things still so it's not like bedridden shit so i think if i had like a bedridden stuff be in and out for like two three days and then i'm on my merry way i think this is just like gone at about half half of uh like 100 like 50 percent and then it's just like but twice as long. Yeah, twice as long. And I'm like, oh, this is not what I want, you know, but still got to keep working. Um, but yeah, again, try and fuel my body with the old bone broth and that, um, give myself nutrients um, and then just go for as many walks as possible, even though I don't want to. Um, I think that's that's the key, really. Like there are times where I know it's going to be good for me. Um, and even had the missus call me out. She's like, you even said to me when you're sick, you got to go for a walk, so let's go for a walk. I'm like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, even, even you know, we get stumped sometimes with shit like this. It's like you don't want to, but you know you feel so much better after you do. So, Good work, Holgany. Him accountable, Elmer. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I, I thought I'd let her bring it up, but yeah. It's, uh, and in nutrition as well, it's like you just want to lay there, do nothing, and then you're bored, so then you can reach for like, the shit and you're just like oh my god comfort food yeah it literally is and I, I totally feel for people especially if they're sick and it might not just be like sick sick as in just like you just can't be fucked doing anything because you're like your work so stressed your relationships are going down here whatever it is and that's what people turn to and it's unfortunate but I guess that's what people have been brought up with as well and it feels good for a little bit and then afterwards you just feel like shit especially if you've eaten like a shitload so yeah, going for those walks really good. Um, that workout was pretty good, uh, and and we'll see how we go today. I think. See so, what are you doing nutritionally? 
Uh, so I'm well. I'm making sure that I'm getting my bone broth in. Um, making just basically everything else. Like it's like whatever you do, you think it might help, but then like it might just be you're getting better throughout the time anyway. So you know you can increase all these nutrients and stuff, but really, how much of a dent is it going to be? Is like your body is so smart. As long as you're giving it sufficient nutrients, um, yeah, I'm not taking anything else. Like I did like a little bit of cold and flu tablets. They literally did nothing. I'm like, I'm just going to get better because my body is a fucking a getting better machine, I guess you could call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so adaptable yeah. and I don't want to spend money on fucking just random supplements that I would have fucking got better anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, making sure that I'm at least moving enough still. So I was still, you know, hitting enough steps, getting getting a bit of sunlight when there is sunlight, um, making sure I'm drinking enough water, Um obviously not training so I don't run myself into the ground again, concentrating on my sleep as much as I can um, and, yeah, just eating nutritious foods, which I do anyway. So it's not like um, I'm I'm eating like full-on crap every day and, you know, not moving. So it's just doing the basics really, looking yeah. after myself. But, which you know, they're, they're, they're all important for recovery, all the, all the things you mentioned, the hydration, Good nutritious foods, sunlight, movement to uh, transport all the nutrients around the body—they're all pivotal for recovery and getting you back to good health sooner. There is something I wanted to touch on from last week. You mentioned because um, you're in a bit of a fat loss phase, mm. and you were like, "Oh yeah, so that's that's gone out the window <laughs> now that I'm sick." I'm actually the opposite to you because my appetite comes down when I'm sick and I'm not as hungry. I'll just go, "Okay, well, I'm in a forced fat loss phase now." Mm. So, so I'll actually just go, yeah, sweet. I'm just not going to be eating as much during this period. That's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, I obviously don't track. I just eat when I'm hungry, but because it's like, a, it's almost like a forced, yeah. like I'm forced into it because the, the appetite comes down. Yeah. But See, if, you, if you, yeah. yeah, if you're sick and you still have the, the appetite, then I would probably oh, still mate. eat. I had the appetite and that's the thing. Because uh, did you? <laughs> the, yeah. The thing is with me, if I don't train, I get a lot hungrier. And I know some people are the opposite. When they train, they don't they don't get hungry at all. But I'm the person that if I don't train, I am a shitload more hungrier. Um, so I'm like training, Strange. so I'm a shitload hungrier. Yeah, everyone's different, and that's the thing. I'm, like, the, I'm the opposite. Yeah, I'm the opposite. Yeah, exactly. So it works well for you, but for me, I know that like I was just going to fight against my body, and so I'm not even putting more stress on it. Exactly, hundred percent. And I don't want that stress. And like I was talking to the missus, she's like, "You haven't been sick, like." For ages i'm like yeah i know it's it's crazy how long it's been apart from obviously the rona but that didn't even hit me at all whereas this one was a lot worse like i was still doing my push-ups and shit over there like you know what i mean um so yeah i don't know what it was but it's all good now pretty well i'm probably about 91 percent the way there 91 yep that's it right <laughs> not not specific at all no nah, well i was 82 about you know four days ago so gotta bump it up a little bit don't you you bumped up 9% now, you just got 9% to go. That's it, and I'll be in full force. But I think it's good enough for me to go to the gym. I'll, I'll see how I go after this podcast. Yeah. Your uh, your voice your voice sounds sounds better than what it has during the week anyway. Mm. That's the thing. I think the first week I spoke to you, you were like, you don't sound sick. And then, yeah, last last time last time we recorded, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then like three, four days later, it just it just went like, Fuck, you sound sick, man. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and now I kind of, I guess, sound a little bit better. But yeah. Anyway, that's enough for me and my sickness. 
I was I just wanted to let the um, listeners know about you know working out when you're sick. Like you kind of got to listen to your body. So um, obviously you don't want to go to the gym and get people sick. Uh, that's that's one thing. Obviously, I think a good rule of thumb is if it's above your neck, you can go. But if it's below your neck, like in your chest, I would stay away. That's yeah, a good rule of thumb. That's, yeah, that's some pretty sound advice. <laughs> what about you, man? Talk to me. How are you? Uh, so I'm obviously in the fatless phase still, and I'm starting to feel the mm. effects of going low calorie. So just a bit of lethargy. Um, I'm now having to caffeinate to fuel myself before most workouts just because my energy just really tails off towards the end. Um, I made another drop in calories this week. So I went for a run on the Saturday. <laughs> so anyone that says I hate running, that's for you. Uh, <laughs> what do you drop down um, to now? Uh, 3,000. Okay. Is that because your weight's stored or what's the, what's the deal there? Nah, my birthday's in a couple of weeks. So I'm just, uh, I think I might go through, I might go through to my birthday and then call it quits. We'll see where I'm at. Mm. But I'm getting that, uh, that conundrum or, or that thing in the gym where people are going, Oh, wow, you're, you look so much bigger. What are you doing? You look so much bigger. I'm like, Yeah, I'm losing weight. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, alo- toned, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not toned, define <laughs> toned as, bro. You look toned as. <laughs> see through the screen. Yeah. So I'm just starting to feel the effects of that. Like uh, I went for a a walk on Tuesday and I was just on the walk and I was like, man, I'm thinking about food. Like I was actually just like food focused, thinking about food. And I was like, that's not a good place to be. So I'll probably do this for another couple of weeks and then reassess where I'm at. But obviously my birthday that weekend, I'll, I'll calories don't count on your birthday. No. So. <laughs> Is that a calorie month or like birthday month? Calorie month? <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Just I might just enjoy one day over the weekend, but nothing too crazy, and then we'll reassess where I'm at. Yeah. So it's it's then another month until like all the events I've got planned for summer come up. So I might cut down a little bit more then, but but we'll see. With with how I'm feeling in the gym, my strength's still there, which is good, but it's just like I'm dragging ass mm. in the gym, sort of thing. So yeah, especially with legs. But we'll we'll see, we'll see where I'm at. But yeah, strength wise, still there. I mean, I'm looking probably the best I have in ages. Mm. So I'm happy with how it's all going. It's just I am hungry, I am lethargic, I am noticing like maybe mood shifts a little bit where things that normally I'd be like, yeah, no worries, is mm. like that frustrated me a little bit. And then I'm like, why is that frustrating? That's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. it's just the the low calories. So. These are what? things to for, for people to pay attention for when you're dieting. Like mm. this, this does happen, especially when you're like I'm really digging now at the moment. So I'm like in quite a steep deficit. So these are things to look out for, and this is why we say you want to do it the most sustainable way possible. Like you don't want to be too aggressive in it because then you bang all these symptoms will come on straight away and it'll hit you like a truck. So this is why you want to do it in a more sustainable and and slow way. Nine times out of ten, sometimes people can just get in and get out. But you've got to know you and your body. I, I don't do well with aggressive deficits, whereas I'm pretty sure you do pretty well with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what when I'm not sick. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your um, rate of weight loss over the past? Uh, oh, that is yeah. something I wanted to I wanted to read out. You got averages and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Because yeah, it can it can range from. Half a percent to one point five percent is usually a nice range to to shoot for. Obviously, when you first start, 
losing weight, you're going to drop a lot of water, glycogen, just eating less food as well. So it'll be a lot less. I started on the 10th of the 7th. So the 10th of last month. And uh, my initial weight was 99.1. And then the average for that first week was 96.9, then 96.3. And I did two weeks of uh, 3,500. And I had a refeed of 5,000 calories and dropped to 3,250 for the following two weeks after that. Went 95.6 and 95. So like all the right the way through, it's pretty much 500 grams, 600 grams, 500 grams on average. So it's a nice rate of uh, weight loss. Mm-hmm. Then I uh, that, did that two weeks of 3250. Then I did another 5,000 calorie. Um, oh, it's probably more than 5,000 calories. That was the night I went out. It was probably way more than 5,000 calories. Well, it went um, to 12 and then it starts the next day, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and so after after that weekend, I was like, oh, I'm not going to drop calories again this time. I'll just stick with the 3250. That for another two weeks. Went from an average of 95 to 94.8, then 94.3. So again, it was 0.2, 0.5 on average. And then this week, let's just assume I'm tomorrow on the same weight I am today. Gone from 94.3 to 93.9, so another 0.4. So it's it, it's a nice rate of weight loss. Mm. But the thing that I really wanted to bring up was how disheartening this could be for someone. It's like nine days in a row. So my weight was 94.6, 94.7, 94.9. Bear in mind during this time, I am adherent, extremely adherent to my calories and macros. 94.2, 94.5, 94.2, 94.6. Now, this is where most people would go, I've been, I was 94.6 a week ago. I'm 94.6 now. It's gone up during that time to 94.9. Stuff it. I'm going to give up. The next day, I was 94.4. Then I went 94.5. So again, it's only 0.1 down over nine days. Then the next day, it was 93.3. Mm-hmm. Then 93.4. And it was just that big drop all in once. So this is just why you weigh yourself every day, take an average, and don't get disheartened by that number on the scale. Because I knew I was doing everything right. I was ticking the boxes. I was following my program. I was adherent to my calories and macros. And I got the result nine, 10 days later. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being linear, it was zigzag, zigzag, and then whoosh. Yeah, so, they call it they call it the the swoosh effect, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where just and, randomly, and, you, it'll just drop a shitload of water. Yep, and I'm I'm very much like that. So and yeah, they don't and know why a, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I had my five I had a five thousand calorie refit again on the weekend, and it was so it was ninety three point three. Had the five thousand calorie refit, and it was ninety three point four. So. <laughs> My, my weight barely went back up, even though I pumped in a further 2,000 calories compared to normal. Yeah, no, it's in, it's extremely, extremely important to do averages for that reason. Um, this is why I tell my clients as well. It's like you need to be comparing everything um, from one week to the next. So like average of that week and then average of the next week. And even for like female clients and stuff, if you've got a, a predictable menstrual cycle as well, you need to be looking at like some weeks you will be holding more more weight uh water weight than normal so go from week one of your cycle to the next month of week one if you're tracking that quick like that meticulously as well because yeah water will go up um everyone knows that you get a lot hungrier around around your period and stuff and calories probably you could jump your calories up if you want because you're 
metabolism is going to speed up for a little bit during that phase. But yeah, it's really important, especially with water weight. That's why it's a lot easier for guys to diet than it is for for women. It's it's unfortunate, but as long as you understand that weight are weight is going to fluctuate a lot more with you um, than it is for for us. Yeah, it's it's the it's the awareness around what can happen. So ma- majority of the women I work with, their their weight pre menstrual cycle can fluctuate anywhere from half a kilo to one point five kilos. And that can be extremely disheartening if you've been doing everything right and you're like, oh, I'm hungrier than ever and my weight has jumped up a kilo on the scale. But as so long as you're aware that, oh, this is a regular thing that happens pre-menstrual cycle every single time, then you're like, oh, okay, I can compare back to a month's time or last Mm -hmm. time I was three or four days out from my cycle starting and and see what my weight was then. But yeah, this this is why weight is... Wait, it's it's a method of tracking progress, but it's not the method yeah. of tracking progress. No, hundred percent. And you gotta you gotta understand like one kilo overnight, you didn't gain one kilo of fat. Like one kilo <laughs> of fat is like seven thousand seven hundred calories. So if say um your average calorie for the day is like three thousand, you'd need to be eating over ten thousand calories just to gain a kilo of fat. So unless you're doing those crazy ten thousand kilo uh, uh ten thousand calorie challenges, um yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about the the day-to-day workout, your averages throughout the week, and then compare your average weeks for a better a better look at what's actually going on with your weight. And in speaking of that, my fitness pal, did you hear the news? Yes, I did. I'm not happy, mate. <laughs> there's, one, there's one thing. We need to make a new segment or something about like things that we're not happy about because I can't believe it because it's – okay, for people that don't like know right now, there's a app called My Fitness Pal, and it's to basically track all your food. And it's been the basically the leading dominant um, app out there for tracking for free. Um, and they've got like this scanner barcode, so you can like open up the app, open up the scanner, and then you can just scan any barcode pretty well, and it'll come up with all the um, macros and everything that it needs straight up onto your phone. They've now when is it October? I think October first. I think they're rolling it out. That it has they're bringing it behind a paywall now, so you have to pay for that feature. Now that is like one of the best features out there, and I can understand why they're doing it. Um, but I mean, I've been seeing a lot of ads pop up on there as well, and I think since since what 2020 when Under Armour sold it, um, yeah, they've been doing some changes, and that's a big one. So. Might have to find a new app to tell to because I don't want to pay for that. I, I don't know about you. But my missus is fine paying for it, but I don't want to pay for that. Yeah, we're know, in, di- we're in different you camps. You're going to pay for camps. it? I've been paying for it for years, mate. Oh, have you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I so I, I, used, I used it. I started paying for it when I started undulating my calories. So when I would, I went through a phase there where I'd undulate calories and I'd have higher calorie days on leg days and then I'd have lower calorie days on rest days and I'd have normal on upper body days. Um, and there's a feature in there where you can set different calories for each day and it'll just automatically do it for you rather than you having to oh, just go in and change it. That's cool. Plus, yeah, plus I was also using it as a way for me to calculate calories for people when before I was using the Trainerize app for my clients. So I would use it as a way of I, I would go in and you could set individual grams and it would figure mm. out total calories for you. So I was using it for that purposes. So it's been a tax writer for me anyway so it's not really no oh, mate that big of a, that big yeah, of a deal but the thing me, is but, as well you got to remember for clients as well you're like if, yes. if you started getting them to track 
they don't yeah i'm like don't pay for the premium version but now it's like what do you have to use like chronometer or something there's some other there's, ones there's fat secret but yeah maybe fat secret macros or something but i think chronometer i'm most familiar with that still has it but yeah <laughs> was it happy about that when i saw that <laughs> if if i wasn't if if I was just a member of the general public and I was looking to do this all on my own and I was like, oh, do I go my fitness pal? Oh, the barcode scanner's behind a thing and I had to pay for it. I would then no longer go my fitness pal. I would go to Lane's and go to Carbon Diet Coach. Now, this, is, this isn't a plug for Lane, but like, like that's an actual coaching app that you pay for. So, it'll actually work out your calories and everything for you. So, I, I, I would be going to Lane and doing it that way and having your calories and everything. And I think yeah. you can put in a lot more data in there, like weight and yeah, other so. metrics and goals. And yeah, so that's what I'd be doing. I'd be going to Carbot Diet Coach. But I'm pretty sure Jeff Nippard has one as well. I'm not sure macro, Jeff's. Macro no, no, factor? That's, that's, that's the Strong by Science lads. That's um Eric Trexler and um old mate. Knuckles? Yeah, Greg Knuckles. Yeah, Macro Factor. That's what they're working on. That's what I was about to say. I said you could use them as well. But if you do want a free one, I think Chronometer has one <clears throat> for now. But that's that's the thing. Like they got the biggest database in out of all the apps. So I guess yeah, if you want to pay for that kind of shit, go for it. I guess I'll have to fork it out to be honest. I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> it's more for my clients if anything. Cause you wanna you kinda wanna make yeah, it like yeah. the best experience for them. Um and then adding extra stuff on top. Like some if they're really dedicated. We'll do it, but hey, what are you gonna do? Um, instead of the barcode scanner, can you just type in the product and come up? Yeah. Do, do you know? Yeah, you can still do that. Um, it'll just so you can uh, you can type in the product. So it's just it just means you have to type things instead of use the barcode scanner. Pretty well, pretty well. So it's cool. not that big of an inconvenience. No, not really. Um, what did you have to bring up? Oh, I got I got plenty of, plenty of cool stuff happening over here, mate. Um, so. Countdown is on for NASA's moon mission. Have you heard about this? No, I have not. So Fill me they've, in. Got, they've got this powerful rocket um, and it's going to get launched on August 29th. So I believe it would have just got launched. So you might be able to look this up as after the podcast for a test run. So it says on August 29th, the space launch system rocket plans to trip to orbit the moon will be the first lunar voyage in space agencies, costly and long delayed Artemis program, which aims to get humans back on the moon as a test run for future Mars missions. NASA hopes to land astronauts on the moon in 2025. Now that shit's getting me pumped, mate. I like it. I love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a few things in space that I really want to see. One, getting on Mars again. Two, getting on, uh, not getting on Mars, getting on the moon again, getting on Mars. And then I want to see Halley's Comet, which will be like maybe when I'm 70. You know, Haley's Comet comes around yeah, every you, something years. Yeah, you love your space, man. Oh, fuck. I love, it, I love how much you love your space. <laughs> it's so good, man. Like, do you know? Hey, random fact, random fact. Here we go. So, obviously, the moon landing was 20th of July, 1969. For all um, those Americans out there, I'm sure they love that one. So, that was in 1969. It wasn't until a year later that the um, guy who invented the uh, wheels on the suitcase. So they got to the moon before they could create a, a suitcase with wheels. I thought that was pretty funny. 
So they would have had to carry their luggage to the moon, like into the to the space shuttle instead of like rolling it. Who would have thought, eh? I get him. So so I'm gonna jump in on the on the back of that because you're talk talking wheels and uh this isn't this isn't like uh animal related, but it is a it is a fact surrounding wheels. And us being Australian, did you know that the indigenous like our indigenous species is the only species to not invent the wheel? No. Yeah. The, really? the only indigenous, the only indigenous species to not invent the wheel, which I find like, like crazy, because they can invent a, a a boomerang, like something they mm. can throw in the air, and they can't. Like I find that crazy. Like yeah. how do you shave a bit of wood into it, and you throw it and Moment. it comes back to you? Bit of, bit of uh, architect right there. That's yeah, cool. absolutely. And did, didgeridoos and stuff. That's fucking cool. Yeah, crazy, crazy. <laughs> but but didn't invent a wheel. Like I find I find that mind blowing. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Anyway, you've had your random fact, so I'll give you a random animal one, and I'll stay on the Australian theme as well. The echidna. Yes. Did you know it has four heads to its penis? I did not know that. (laughs) Why have I got animal penises in my head now? (laughs) Yeah, so it's, it's got like one base, and then the base sort of separates into like two shafts almost and there's two heads per shaft now only two of the four heads ejaculate only two and yeah and there's no rhyme or reason for him deciding which one he chooses to use (laughs) how do you know it's it's what it's what they said they've they've studied them and yeah only two of the four glands ever become functional during erection and which glands are functional appears to be alternate between subsequent erections yeah. Which way we go, left or right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, the echidna has has a four headed penis. He could l- literally have like a fivesome. <laughs> nah, because because only two of them work. Oh, so and, only some. Yeah, only two of them ejaculate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What what animal so, am I thinking of that has like a spiral penis? Or am I chatting uh, shit again? Uh, I'm unsure. <laughs> no, no, there is like a corkscrew. Yeah, corkscrew. Is that a, not a pig? That's its tail. Have a look while I um, put in uh, a new segment called Things We Said That Need Clarification, (laughs) (laughs) a.k.a. me. (laughs) Okay. So, it was last week or the year before, we were talking about insects that have gears and stuff. It was a hopper. So, a hopper was having gears. So, you can search hopper and you can see a picture of the gear in it. Uh, We also brought up the split, split brain experiment. And that was cutting the corpus callosum. Um, and I may have said that the left brain was creative. Well, it's incorrect. The left brain is analytical and the right brain is creative. I just wanted to make sure that everyone remembered that because okay. if you had the right eye, that would mean that it's connected to the left brain, which is analytical. So if they saw, like if they saw the word saw, they would draw it with their left hand. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. Cool. All right. That's 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 what we need clarification on. And clarify me with this spiral penis, if you can. Uh it's it, it's a duck. A duck. Yeah. Yes. yeah the duck. I knew it was something. Yes. And the the female duck also has a uh, corkscrewed shaped vagina. Of course. Why wouldn't it? So when well, they have sex, do they just like spin? <laughs> they <around>? just spin. <laughs> nah, nah, I've I've got I've got no idea. But yeah, it's 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 the duck. Okay. Um. Yeah, so speaking of your your split brain experiment, 
there has been new glasses developed that allow deaf people to see conversations by turning audio into subtitles. What? <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So on the on the inside of the glasses, it, oh it'll it'll God. pick up the audio and then they'll see it on the on their glasses. So you technically wouldn't know that they're deaf because they're seeing everything yeah. in their glasses and yeah. there's no hearing aid. So they they see it all and they can continue to have a conversation with you. Holy Mind blowing. That's so cool. Imagine just seeing them there. They're just like this, like looking around on the on the thing. <laughs> like, is he right? Like, you see the eye go from left yeah. to right, left to right, left to right, left to right. Slow down. He like just keeps coming up. <laughs> Imagine if they have like some sort of like camera in the lens that picks up on people's um, lips as well, and then because usually people that um, do have uh, that are deaf usually can lip read. Yeah. <clears throat> so maybe they're like. Maybe when they're growing up and stuff, they might even have something for that as well that brings it up because they'll they probably like miss a few things here and there. I think that's pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> you got anything else? I do. Seeing that we've been heavy on the Australia theme, mm. scientists in Australia have achieved the first ever off-season coral spawning in the history of coral breeding and restoration sciences. sciences. So what they've done is they've actually bred coral um, away from nature and it's the first time they think they'll actually be able to put it back in nature and it mm. continue to thrive so that's pretty great news for the old Great Barrier Reef yeah she's been suffering hasn't she yeah they're well starting to see some signs of change but that's probably more evolutionary change and the reef adapting to the environment that it's mm-hmm. in but yeah. yeah some species some species of the coral are unfortunately gone forever but yeah, that's that's pretty revo- revolutionary stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's a sight to see the old Great Barrier Reef. You've been out there? Yeah, yeah, I've I've flown over it and I've snorkeled out there too. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty a good amazing. Place. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's so long. It's something like seventy k's long. Yeah, well, you can see it from space, can't you? Can can you? I don't know. <laughs> fact, fact check me on that one. If not, we'll bring it in next week's podcast of. Things we need clarification. <laughs> yes, the Great Barrier Reef can be seen from outer space and is the world's biggest single structure made of living organisms. Mm, love it. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. For people that haven't gone, I'd suggest going there. Going like either snorkeling or diving. I haven't gone diving. I, I just went free diving. But yeah, that was that's a lot of fun. So just for some clarification, I was totally wrong when I said 70Ks long. It is over 2,300 kilometers long. Uh, as good as that. Like, hang on. How many Ks? 70, man. It's like here. I was only like... Food. Yeah. Yeah. It is the largest reef system in the entire world made up of 2,900 individual reefs and over 900 islands. So, and that's right in our very backyard. It's pretty mind-blowing seeing it when you when you fly over it. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It really is. All right. The bit everyone's been waiting for. The unsolicited (laughs) advice with Brad. (laughs) All right, here we go. It's not an apology if it comes with an excuse. It is not a compliment if it comes with a request. Just let that sink in for a bit, mate. So next time, uh, yeah. So next time you apologize and then you hear an excuse, it's it's not a real apology. And then if someone gives you a compliment, like, I don't know, nice legs come in my car, I don't know. Don't do it, I guess. 
<laughs> I don't know why they would do that. But... Look, that's a common one. I commonly get told nice legs come in my car. So... <laughs> <laughs> I've got candy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Away from the answers to advice and onto the actual advice. Let's answer some questions. Let's do it. Okay. Question number one. Do you like massage guns? I personally don't have anything against them. I don't use them. I know some people do enjoy them just for that feeling of, all right, I'm sore. Let's use this on me just to kind of get some sort of blood flow going to it. Um, I don't think they're backed by science by that much. I think it's more like in your brain, just like um, getting you in that parasympathetic state. Um, If you're like, you know, when they do studies of um, this person um, was really sore, then they had like a massage or whatever, and they felt a lot better than someone that didn't do anything. But it, the the mere fact of actually doing something still helps. It's just knowing that someone's done something. I can't remember what, what it's called, but it's like if you do something, it's going to, for the most part, actually help this person thinking that they're just getting the ball rolling instead of doing nothing at all. So a big roundabout way of saying, I don't use them. You can use them if you want, um, but I don't see the value in them personally. How about you? Uh, what are you using the massage gun for would be my first question. So someone hasn't really entailed what they're using it for. What attachment are you putting on the end? Are you using it to stimulate a certain part of the female anatomy? If so, go ahead, go for it, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> uh, in terms of in terms of a recovery tool, I mean, again, again, I don't use them. We've got one in the in my gym that you can use for free and I don't think I've ever really used it. Um, but if you feel as though you get some benefit from it, then go ahead and use it. Like, I think this is very case dependent. Some people swear by them. Some people are like, you know, they don't really do much. So mm-hmm. I would, I would use it on yourself. Although if it, maybe you're asking this question because you don't want to make the investment and you want to know if they're worth it. Just I'd use foam rolling initially and see if you get benefit from foam rolling. And then, yeah, this is a handy tool. If you've got some spare cash, you can throw around and you like foam rolling, then get a massage gun. But yeah, I don't personally use them. You don't personally use them. So no. that's where we're at on it. And the be- second best advice, well, actually, the first best advice is just don't get sore. You'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Easy done. Having said that, I am, as I mentioned earlier, quite low calorie at the moment. <clears> and I'm noticing not recovering as much. Yeah. 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 Because recovery is severely impacted. Mm. Okay. Question number two What's your opinion on the food pyramid? Now, before you dive into this, I will entail what the food pyramid is for people. So the food pyramid, and I've gone the Australian one, is down the bottom, which is, so from bottom to top, you should be consuming most of your foods from the bottom as per Australian dietary guidelines. So it's mainly um, vegetables and some fruits. Then the next section is grains, so breads, oats, pastas. Next section section above that is dairy. So they've got cheeses, milk, yogurt. Next section above that is lean meats. So your, your fish, steak, chicken, and then above that is your healthy fats. They've got avocado, olive oil, and coconut. What year is that? 2022. Where'd you get that from? The internet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because, um, yeah, that's why I was a bit confused about this because obviously the food pyramid, everyone knows, I think the old food pyramid was like all grains down the bottom and then it had like your fruits and veg and shit like that. Um, But right now, I've actually printed it out. It's Australian Guide to Healthy Eating. And it looks like this. Oh, so it's not even a pyramid anymore. No, it's like a, I guess a, you could call it a plate. 
I know the Americans use a plate. Yeah, it's a pie chart, exactly. And yeah, most of it are vegetables. Um, and then you've got your grains, whole grains, cereals. Um, and then your fruit is like a smaller portion. Um, but then, And then it says only sometimes like have sodas, wine, um, shit foods and stuff. And then use your, your fats in small amounts. So I think that personally, if you just search up the Australian Guide to Healthy Eating is a good tool to use um, for most people. Um, the old pyramid probably didn't give enough justice to the fruit and veg part of it. Um, so if we were speaking with it now, then yeah, I think it is a good a good tool to use. The thing is people don't even look at it. Like they probably don't even, they may have heard the pyramid before. Probably like you're just saying right now, didn't even realize it was a pie chart now. Like that's because it's just come in, I think in 2000 and maybe 17 or something, something like that. So it's, it's fairly new as well. Um, but yeah, I know the American one as well is, isn't any better than their old one. Yeah. What do I think of it? I think it's a good value. Good value for money if you stick with it. <laughs> like, it's a lot better than all the other shit on the internet because this is like backed by science and all these people that are in actual nutrition, um, nutritional experts and stuff. And the thing is as well, they, they have to work with like everyone. So they're giving guidelines to absolutely everyone. So the only thing where I would say is like if you're, you know, celiac and it's telling you to have, you know, a third of your food with, you know, grains and, and stuff that's going to get you to the toilet all the time. Obviously, it's not good for you. So, it's very case dependent. So, I would just have that as a rough guide and then go off of that from there. Like some people do like high fat, some people like low fat. It really doesn't matter too much. Um, calories are probably king for the most part um, when it comes to if we want to lose fat or gain muscle and stuff. Um, but if you do want to get healthy, that is a pretty good guide in my personal opinion. Yeah. I'm I'm totally with you. Like I've got no issues with it. The only thing I'd probably have would be the the lean meat consumption a little bit higher. But yeah, that's that that's probably the only one. I I don't. I, can you put that pie chart up for me? Yeah, so yeah, for sure, again? for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd uh. Everyone can see. <laughs> I'd probably have the lean meats a little bit higher, but th- that's that's about it. Like I'd probably have a larger percentage of, just because I know that majority of the general population under-consume protein. That would be my only reason why. So I'd rather have people over-consume on protein than be under-consuming on protein. Yeah, for sure. It looks about like 20% maybe. Yeah, I'd probably get 30. Chart. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, people aren't get, hardly getting that anyway. And it, everyone finds it quite hard to get in protein. Um, but if, you know, you're lean meats and that, if you're a vegetarian, you're not going to be able to get, get a lot. That's why I think they've got lentils in there and beans and stuff. They eat beans. Yes, so yeah, tofu. <laughs> yeah, yes, so. yes, yes, they, yes, <laughs> they, they do. They, they Who knows do. what they are these days? So, um, I actually found a, um, I heard something about you've got different vegans, like some are just um, the actual animal activist vegans, and then some just are like nutritional vegans. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. Yeah, so it's like, are you nutritional vegan or are you, you know, um, activist vegan like for the animals and stuff so yeah anyway they'll tell you if, if they if you come a across nutrition, them. a nutritional vegan they just have what, what is they it? just they just oh, eat vegan because of their they like yeah. it yeah i guess so i guess okay. that they might correlate together but some people are like full-on they'll eat um because of like 
the animals and some will just eat just maybe because it's cool or something or they've heard heard otherwise that it's uh, a lot better for your health, which obviously having having more um, fruit and veg is definitely a plus for nutrition. Yeah, see, yeah. see, that's the thing. Some people will, will go vegan and be like, oh, I feel so much better now. And it's like, well, that's probably because you're eating some vegetables mm-hmm. and you weren't eating any before. Whereas some people that are vegan and they then start, they, they'll go the opposite direction and go keto. They're like, oh, I feel so much better now. So it's like, oh, probably because you're getting enough protein in now and protein is essential for the human body and you're severely under eating. Mm. Yeah, it's, 100%. People need to find what's be- what what works best for them, but props to the props to the vegans out there that are doing it for for animal reasons. Like, t- I take my hat off to them. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they're the ones that will actually that actually stick with it. I think the ones that kind of go and they don't have that like moral um, connection with the animals on a night out when they're drunk, they're going down to Macca's or <laughs> Uncle Jack's again, a few whoppers. I think. So, I've seen it firsthand. Uh, uh, for the international listeners, Hungry Jacks is Burger yeah. King. Yeah, <laughs> and Macca's is Macca's. Oh, Macca's is McDonald's, I guess. Uh, question three: Do fat burners work? Uh, no. Next question. <laughs> it, uh, oh, look, it's. Do you want to do you want to elaborate further, or yeah, I'll, I can elaborate a little bit further. So. What, what's in these fat burners? Mainly caffeine. That'll get you moving. There's probably maybe niacin in there to get your t- temperature up a bit, which I think is what? B5, <laughs> maybe. I mean, um, and then what else they put in there? S- they just sprinkle a random other shit, give you good marketing and tell you um, this this should all uh, get you shredded. When really, like, you don't really need to take that. Like, yes, caffeine is very good. Um as appetite suppressant and can get in your move more, but it's the moving more and probably eating less that's doing the main thing. And I know people out there will be like, yeah, but why, why don't I just do that? Why don't you just have caffeine? Like I, I don't see any value in buying a fat burner at all. Um, just know what calories in calories out basic energy balance. In like <laughs> listen to one of our podcasts full about this. We talk about this in the fat loss fundamentals about, how to lose fat. Go listen back to that. Um, that is free instead of spending, you know, 60, 70 bucks on fat burners that won't work. Yes, placebo is very, 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 very powerful. Um, but so is our podcast. So, yeah, <laughs> that's what I got to say about that. So, that's good because we may, may we may disagree a little bit here. All right. So, they can work is how I will phrase it. They can not they do or they don't. They can work. The reason why they work is, like you mentioned, potentially caffeine. But the other the other factor is you've invested money. So therefore, because you've invested money, you're going to make lifestyle changes and eat better and exercise. That is the reason why they may potentially work, not because they are a fat burner. It's because you're like, oh, I've invested money into this fat burner. So I'm going to make other lifestyle changes in order to get the most from spending my money on said fat burner. But like you said, there's free resources out there, like this podcast that you can listen mm. to that can give you information on how to make those lifestyle changes without having the monetary investment of a shitty fat burner supplement. Ideally, you could hire one of us as a coach and we'll coach you through it and you'll get more education rather than just spending money on a fat burner that may potentially make you move more or may slightly suppress your appetite because of caffeine. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, 
it works indirectly. Let's, yeah, let's put yeah. it that so, way. So, it, so not it's, it's not that it's 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 not the fat burner working in particular because it's a fat burner. It's it's you're making lifestyle changes because you've made this money investment into said fat burner, mm. and that's why they may potentially work. May and potentially. Just, that's the thing. Like yeah, if yeah. if you're eating over your calories and you're having this fat burner, it's not going to do anything. No, that's, that's what no. I'm trying to get at right now. That's why you don't need to waste your money. And I get the whole if I sp- pay for supplements, I'll be more consistent. And thing. I get that, but it's like. Go buy hire a coach. Maybe hey, like, hire a coach. Like they'll um, keep you accountable. They'll keep you consistent. You'd be spending mm. the money there. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Cheeky okay. plug. Last question. <laughs> Last question. Question number four. My weight went up a kilogram overnight. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> there you go. I'm glad we touched on this at the start of the podcast, <laughs> and I forgot this question was coming up. And you're not doing anything wrong as long as you're doing everything right. And you've just had the perfect explanation for this is you were doing everything right and then just all of a sudden the next day you get that whoosh effect and then bang your water is it's just gone um and, and it's the same with like a kilo overnight like gaining a kilo overnight that is obviously due to it. most of it is explained by water like 95% of it is explained by water and like we've said before 1 gram of carb pulls in 3 to 4 grams of water um, if you stress, you hold on to more water. If you're in your certain part of your menstrual cycle, you hold more water. If you um, if you have a lot of salty foods as well, so if you went from eating quote unquote clean to having like very high processed foods which have a lot of salt in it, that could also hold water. So there's all these different reasons you could weigh in a bit later. You could have your clothes on. There's so many different reasons why your weight's shot up like that. That's why we say averages, averages every time, every single time. Just think about okay, Monday to Sunday. These are my average for that week. Next week, Monday to Saturday, quick. I am going to compare average week one to average week two. If you want to go in depth and you're a woman, do it with your menstrual cycle. Um, don't have to be so meticulous with it, but like at least you you want to know your your trends and then you can really well, okay, that's just water right now. Like like we said before, you didn't gain a kilo of fat. There is like, it's very highly unlikely that you could do that because when you eat more food, you move more as well. So you'll probably be burning a shitload more calories as well. Ooh, okay there we go right. <laughs> yeah we, we we touched on this earlier so i forgot this question was coming as well but we touched mm. on this earlier in the podcast and i'd like to think we touched on it pretty in depth there yeah another bit of anecdotal evidence i had a lady i work with the other night she had a full day of tracking her friends came up they went out for pizza so more carbs than usual um more oil than usual uh, a lot more salt than usual and she had about two or three glasses of wine. So there would have been an inflammatory response potentially from the gluten and the alcohol, higher carb, higher sodium. Her weight was up 1.3 kilos the next day. She weighed in, she messaged me and she said, don't worry, I'm not worried about my weight. I ate out last night. I know that this is just water. Oh, that's so, awesome. That's where you want to be. Yep. That was such such a great message to receive because nine times out of 10, I'd be the one sending her a message going, please don't stress about your weight. But this time it was like, don't worry. It's all good. I know it's just water. I ate, I ate out last night. I over-consumed on calories. I over-consumed on carbs. I had alcohol. I had more salt than usual. Mm-hmm. So here I am weighing in 1.3. And she's just like, I just want to let you know that that's, that's the reason why. So yeah, don't stress. If it keeps mm. going up a kilo a day for a week, then I'd be worried. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just <laughs> but, like, what was that movie? Um, mean Girls, how she's like feeding her that that bar that has like, it's like a weight gainer. <laughs> she's like, 
getting fat over this. T- Do you remember the movie at all? Or am I the only one? Nah, <laughs> oh, nah, it's just I, like I feeding her this chocolate bar or whatever it is from. I don't know. It's not in English, and it's just like full fat gainer, and she's like gaining all this fat, telling her that it's to help her lose weight and shit. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> so you might be doing that. I don't know, but yeah, like we say, if you're having like a big night out like that, just make the next meal really healthy or do a healthy act afterwards. So then you're not slashing those other three tires when you get stranded on the side of the road. Yeah, it only takes one one meal, one glass of water, one healthy action to be right back on track. Yeah, like, exactly. Live your life, have fun, eat the dinner, enjoy a glass of wine. Hmm. Just get back on track. That's that's the most important yeah. thing is you get back on track right away. Exactly. And if you keep falling off the track, get on a different track. Yeah, because that track's not working. It's faulty. No, it's, it's faulty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's going everywhere. It's spiraling, now, mate. It's spiraling. <laughs> now, that's it for today's questions. If you want your questions answered in the future, make sure you're following us at brain.body.movement, at Brad Dapper, and at Brock underscore Dalgleish. And you can ask us a question whenever we put up a sticker box or send us a DM. But that's a wrap for today's episode. We just want to say thank you so much for listening to us. If you enjoyed or took any value at all from this episode, we'd really appreciate if you took a screenshot and shared to your Instagram stories. We would also love if you shared it with family and friends and left us a five-star review. Don't forget to turn on those post notifications so you don't miss an episode. But before we go, if we can leave you with a few things, make your damn bed, get your steps in, and be kind to one another. Cheers. Lots of penis talk. Oh, my God. Didn't know that was going that way. As soon as you said it, I was like... Yeah, I remember some animal has a fucking <laughs> spiral penis. Yeah, I thought it was a duck, but I wasn't didn't want to like jump out and be like, oh, it's a duck. There's a one-legged okay. duck swimming circles. <laughs>